Anybody can hear me okay? So this week we are uh, continuing with this series called The Disruptor. And last week we started talking about disrupting discipleship. And this morning I found it important to continue this theme of discipleship. So today is a very creative title of Disrupting Discipleship Part 2. So this morning, I want to first welcome all of you who are watching, whether you're here or whether you're online. And uh, so good to have you join us this morning. So Disrupting Discipleship Part 2. Now, one of the things I want to make sure, especially on a weekend like this where we have a long weekend, a lot of times people don't really understand why we celebrate things like construction. I want to be sure that we give proper honor to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and all that he stood for and all the things that he faced to give freedom and rights to so many and all the things that he accomplished without violence. He accomplished so much in his lifetime. I had the opportunity to take a, co- a, a college course on just him alone and all of his writings and, and about his life and listening to many of his speeches. It's a great class, so we, it's, it's a great thing. It's a good thing to celebrate. SB. On Monday, was like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And as we've been talking about over this new year, many of us have been watching all the things going on in our world. And there's all kinds of information coming from different places. We've been seeing what's going on in our nation. And one of the things that the Lord just keeps impressing on me, especially over the last several weeks, is the need for continued discipleship in our church, for continued growth. Why? Because we don't know what those the, what the false teaching is out there might come. We need to be able to stand on the foundation and not be blown by every wave of teaching that's out there. And not be blown by every false, uh, false that's out there. And so this is where it's important for us to really submit ourselves to a form of discipleship to continue to grow in our faith, not just for information purposes, so that it begins to transform us and to make us into the people that God wants us to be. So our scripture passage this morning is from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now, as you were watching and you heard that scripture passage, many of you know exactly what that passage says. And, and I saw that yawn while you're sitting there on the couch. I know what you're thinking. I already know what he's going to say. You may be thinking, well, what's for lunch? Who is, who's playing today? What games are on? I've heard this all before. But this morning, before you start tuning this out, I want to encourage you to tune in for just a moment. Because even though this passage is so familiar to you, I believe that it speaks something very important for every believer in Christ. I want to challenge you this morning. And I want us to be challenged by not only just knowing what this passage says, but to live out this passage. Because that's what true discipleship is. It's not just knowing facts. It's not just knowing things, but it's living it out. And there is a difference between knowing a passage in living out a passage. Amen. And so this morning, mm-hmm. if we were to take a pop quiz, mm-hmm. what do you think about generally when you think about Matthew 28, 19, you hear that passage? The first thing that most people think about is missions. Right? This is our missionaries that we send out to other countries. This is a passage that is really important to all those missionaries that we send out all over the world and that we support as a church. 
See, we fulfill part of the Great Commission by supporting the ministry professionals that are out there doing the work in different nations around the world. And to be sure, that is a piece of it. That's a piece of the puzzle. But if that's all we get out of this passage, then we are shortchanging the true meaning of this passage. We are missing the point of this passage for us. So let's read it again this morning, maybe with some fresh eyes. Maybe there's some things you never noticed about this passage, even after you've read them in the past. Read it again. And think through the implications that this is not just for missionaries, but this is for you and for me. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, you can follow along. It says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now the first thing that stuck out to me as I read this passage is that they saw Jesus. They climbed the mountain, they saw him, and they began to worship him. But it says that some doubted. It's not frozen now. It made me think, well, who doubted? They're seeing him on a mountain. Who is there that would have doubted what they've seen? Maybe there's still a few lingering doubts in their minds. Maybe they believed, but there was just a hint of doubt still there. Like the man who asked Jesus to heal his son. And he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe there's just that little bit of doubt where he, the disciples are saying, I believe, but help my unbelief. Some scholars also believe that there were other disciples, in addition to the eleven, that climbed up that mountain with them, that were maybe not present for all the other things, and they had not seen the risen Messiah yet, so they weren't so sure about all this. Maybe they doubted that their lives could be lived with a new purpose, without Jesus, with him gone, and we, we knew that he already died and he rose from the dead, but he wasn't going to be with them, so they may have thought. So the next question is, why did they climb this mountain? Well, they came out of obedience. Jesus told them to go to the mountain. And that mountain represents a step of faith. Well, I'm asking this morning, maybe there's a mountain that God is asking you to climb. And you don't know why. It's a step of faith for you. That mountain represents a step of faith. Because Jesus told them to do it. And they had no idea why, as far as we know. What were they going to find there? What was the point of the journey? Why did they have to travel to this mountain? Why did they have to climb this mountain? I'm not even sure that the disciples knew exactly what was going to happen when they, when they got there. When they obeyed what Jesus told them to do. Like God spoke to Abraham, he told him to go to a land that he does not know. His faith led to obedience. He took a step of faith. He was just being obedient to whatever God spoke to him. And here, their faith, the disciples' faith, led them to obey and climb up that mountain. Now I have something that we need to settle once and for all. There's a particular word when we think of the road out here. It's 151, right? Is it root or is it route? Root or route? Boston, that's rude. So, 
How many would say it's Groot? Okay, how many would say it's Groot? Just me. Okay, I guess it's Groot wins. So I've heard it said both ways. Uh, where I grew up in Ohio, we called it Route because it's R-O-U-T-E versus R-O-O-T. But that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll give you that one this morning. Uh, most people here, of course, say Route. And for today's purposes, just so I don't get anybody thrown off, I may just use them interchangeably. So I don't want anyone to be offended. I may say Route. I may say Route. But the Route... The route, the way, the direction for the disciples here as Jesus spoke to them was to go. In other words, we talked about this last week. It's a present participle in the Greek. It says while going. It wasn't just to go. It was while going. We talked about this last week. You see, as you live life, as you do what you're already going to be doing anyway, make room, make margin. Give space for one extra activity as you're continuing to live life. And what is that extra activity that Jesus is telling us to make space for? To make disciples. Going is the route. Discipleship is the goal. Going is the route. Going is the route. But discipleship is the goal. So in other words, the goal is not merely just to go and keep going. That is missing the point of this passage. We are good at keeping ourselves busy with a flurry of activity. The real goal is to make disciples, to be a disciple, to make a disciple. As we talked about making disciples, you see the word go again is, is the present participle. It's not a command. It's not an imperative. It's simply saying while you're going. So go is not commanded in this passage. Why? Because there was an assumption that you would be going. There was an assumption that you would be living your life. There was an assumption that you would be going to places in your life. Just like the famous philosopher Dr. Seuss said, oh, the places you will go. But here is, there is a command here in this phrase. And the command isn't to go. The command that's in the imperative is make disciples. That's the command of this passage. It's imperative in the Greek. Mm. See, we've often put our emphasis on the going. And we do need to go. And we need to live life. And we need to continue to live life. But the real emphasis of this passage, the real directive, the real command, is to make disciples. You see, these two things work together. That while you're living life, we go and we make disciples. Many of you have found it's hard to make disciples at home if you're just at home all the time. You see, disciples cannot be made out of nothing. It's impossible to make a disciple unless you are a disciple. Depends on how many kids you have. Going is the root. Discipleship is the goal. So what is a disciple? It's very simple. It's a learner. It's a student. It's also the root word for the word discipline. It takes effort on your part to be a disciple. It doesn't happen just by being marked present on a church roll call or a church service. It doesn't happen by just osmosis, just kind of being around other people who are disciples. It doesn't happen as much as I wished it would have worked this way in college if I just slept on my 
book that maybe it would just all sink in as I slept. It doesn't work that way. Or it doesn't also happen, either doesn't happen by putting in our time. I've been a Christian for 50 years. Does that make you spiritually mature? Just putting in your time? Yes. It doesn't happen by osmosis. I wish it looked that way. It doesn't happen by just time. But that discipleship is more than just information and learning information. Because you can learn a lot of information. You can have chapters of scripture memorized. You can know all the latest theological arguments and be able to defend your faith to the T. But does that make you a good disciple? Does that make you? Now, knowing is a start. I never want to downplay knowing. But it has to go from the head to the heart. And it has to be lived out. The scripture says to teach them to obey all that I have taught you. Because we all know that it's one thing to know, it's quite another to do. We can know a lot of things without to doing them. So one thing to know, it's another thing to, to do. Obedience requires that we live out the information that we're learning. And discipleship and maturity is displayed in us when we demonstrate the life of Christ and the character of Christ in our own lives. And none of us do that perfectly. So that means we all have some discipleship to do. We all have some growing to do. Discipleship takes commitment. And looking at our current culture, we can see how the lack of commitment is a problem. It bleeds into every area of our lives. You see, we felt the pain of the lack of commitment to families, the lack of commitment to marriages, the lack of commitment to children, the lack of commitment to our workplace, the lack of commitment to our churches, the lack of commitment to our faith and to our God. It's so easy to leave them all by the wayside and not be committed to those things and commit ourselves to other things. This lack of commitment has come at a great cost to our nation. In a book called The Priority of Making Disciples, Pastor Scott Gibson tells a little bit about our Christian about culture, our Christian culture. He says, we have a Christian culture that has been influenced heavily by consumerism. People go and buy what they want. They go to restaurants and order what they want to eat that particular day. Christians go to a certain church and don't like what they experience or what they see. The church is too small. The church is too big. The church doesn't offer what I want. The sermons don't feed me. The preacher is too short. <laughs> or the preacher is too tall. <laughs> you see, we have shaped following Jesus and being a disciple into our own image. We're only looking for yeah. But let me tell you something. Most of the time, we don't know what we really need. And very often, what we want isn't what we need. Discipleship is constant. Following Jesus is demanded. It's not cheap or quick or easy. Discipleship is for the long run. And that's where we need to continue to have that foundation of faith that will carry us every storm, every wind change that happens in our world and that happens in our nation. We have to be prepared and have ourselves ready to be able to stand firm when everything around us is changed. 
See, discipleship matters when it comes to growing the church. Just like there are get-rich-quick schemes, many of you have heard them, you can watch all the infomercials on TV, there are also just as many, if not more, grow-your-church-quick schemes. All kinds of different programs and things that you can do to grow your church quick. If you follow steps 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way to step 10, your church is going to grow, guaranteed. But what is the biblical model for growing a church? Make disciples that make disciples. Make disciples that make disciples. It's multiplication. If every one of us made a disciple in 2021, this church would double in size. If they make, if they make disciples, you're growing more. That's the biblical model. We make disciples. We come together. We grow. And it's all part of our mission to give hope by loving God, loving people, and making disciples. And often it's the loving God and loving people. You see, if we do this, we will both grow in maturity in our own spiritual lives, and we'll also grow in numbers. Discipleship and spiritual maturity doesn't come easily. Sometimes we resist growing. We like it where we are, because we have become accustomed to being a child in the, in the faith. Nothing challenging can be expected of us. Growth is tough, but it is what Jesus expects. And as we learn today, he's commanded us to not only be a disciple, but to make disciples. And we should also expect that from one another. The spiritual growth. See, discipleship matters when it comes to growing the church. Going is the root. Discipleship is the goal. You will not reach your full potential as a believer in Christ just merely attending church on Sundays. So he's done. Think about it. Let's face it. It's one hour of 168 hours. Come on here, one hour. That's a very small, I don't think it's 1%. Do you think that that's enough time to become a mature believer in your family? See, we're in this together. We're in this world at this time. I believe God is calling us to rise above all the circumstances and things that we see around us. To continue to grow in our faith and to be an influence in our community and those in our families and our homes. See, the church is built on men and women fully committed to their faith and in making more disciples. Discipleship matters when it comes to growing the church. Going is the truth. Discipleship is the goal. You see, the first step to being a disciple is to give your life to Christ. Now, one of the things we all know, if you follow the Lord long enough, you know that when you come to Christ, it doesn't mean that everything in life is then going to be easy. Is anyone telling you that you're teaching a false gospel? But the one thing that Scripture does teach us is that no matter what we face or what we go through, He will be with us. That God will never forsake us, like we sang in that song. He is on our side. He will never leave us. He will never fail us. God will never forsake us, and it will be worth it all in the end. That's what Scripture teaches won't always be easy. In fact, there's going to be many tough moments and things that we have to grapple with in our culture and in our faith. This morning, if you'd like to take that step to become a disciple of Christ, the first step is the easy one. Why? Because the price has already been paid. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to earn anything. 
You don't have to do enough good works to somehow achieve salvation. You say, you say this prayer, and you truly mean it in your heart. If you'd like to become a disciple this morning, and take that first step to come to know him, knowing that he will always be with you no matter where you go and what you do. I want to ask you just to pray this prayer with me. You can repeat it where you are. You can say it in your heart and your mind. It doesn't really matter. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm ready to give my life to you today. Please forgive my sin and make me new. Help me to follow you all the days of my life beginning today. In Jesus' name I pray. And as you heard this morning, we want to first of all celebrate with you if you made that choice. It was a huge decision, and it's a very important one. And it's a first step. So you're now a follower of Christ. Now it's time to make yourself a disciple. And as you heard today, there's more to being a disciple than just saying a prayer. There's more to being a disciple than just knowing facts. I might encourage you to download you version. Y O U V E R S I O N. And look for the devotional calls, first steps in the That'll be a first step for you to continue to grow in your faith. If you're local here, I'd love to see you come to be a part of our church and continue to learn and grow your faith. Or to find a church that is local to you. Watching the distance of the way between you and Ask everyone just to stand with you this morning. Now, I'll charge. One that we're very familiar with. But we need this constant reminder that God is with us as we set out this morning. It's from Matthew 28, 28, 18-20. A passage that we've already read this morning. It says, Jesus came. In fact, let's do it this way. Repeat after me. Why don't you read it? Let's read it together. Ready? Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you, even to the end of the age. This morning, I want to encourage you, as we come into this next week, we're starting a discipleship night from Wednesday at 7. We'll continue to dig in God's Word and base our foundation on God's Word so that we can stand strong in the midst of whatever we may face. This week, my charge to you is to go, to continue to be a disciple, and to make disciples. And remember that Christ is with you always. May God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Amen.